0: Thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. And all the saints, join me and say, "Hallelujah." Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats and? We want to continue with our Feeding 527. This is a Feeding 527 season. And um, we have some few weeks to go. We missed last week, but um, we will make it up. Because um, it's a wonderful book. And I am being blessed as we are sharing from this great book. Um, We have a season in... Um, in a lighthouse family, that worldwide, um, a season in time, we take one of the books that our shepherd has written and we share from it. And it's a blessing. He will love to preach to every one of his churches, but um, this is one means that we can also hear him. Hallelujah. And so, do you have your copy? I have my copy. Do you have your copy? I have my copy. Wonderful. And I have opened my copy. Do you have your copy? Then you also open your copy. Now, why don't you open your copy with me to chapter number four. We, on Sundays, we are sharing from chapter four. And we began sharing from chapter four, I think about a week ago, or two weeks ago chapter 4, it said 10 types of workers. 10 types of workers. Now, we are talking about workers in general, workers of the Lord, and workers even in our secular world. Hallelujah. Now, we are sharing from this book, and last um, two weeks ago, I remember sharing with you that if you are able to grasp what we are sharing here, not only able to grasp what we are sharing here, not only is it going to make you a great worker of God, True. not only is it going to make you a great servant of God, it is also going to help you in your secular world. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. If you work for God and God is pleased with what you do for him, yes. he, will, he will cause everyone else to be pleased with you. Yes. Hallelujah. I say he will cause everyone else to be pleased with you. Even those who don't like you. The Bible says that he will cause your enemies even to be at peace with you. If you faithfully please God. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So I want you to take what we are sharing seriously. We began sharing last week um, 10 types of workers. And I gave you some few types of workers. Um, The first one that I gave you, we say workers who are sons and daughters. Workers who are sons and daughters. If you are a son or a daughter in any place of work, your attitude is different. The way you work is different. Your way of thinking is different. Hallelujah. If you have a son's attitude... Your way of thinking is completely different. Now, I shared a lot of things on this. And I was listening to the message again, and it blessed me so much. And I think it is helping me personally. So I want you to listen to it, and it will really, really bless you. Amen. It will bless you. If you have a son's attitude, if you have a daughter's attitude at work, it will make a whole lot of difference. Amen. It will make a whole lot of difference. You will not not be the kind of worker who is just there to get what you can have. have. But you have the father's heart. Amen. amen. And so you will not, your attitude towards work, your attitude towards people who work there will be different. Amen. And I shared a lot of things with you on that. Um, I, we cannot go over all of it, but um, I want you to listen to the message and you'll be blessed. The second one that I share with you, we said, workers who have the same spirit as the leader. Workers who have the same spirit as the leader. You know, as we serve in the church, you see, our leader is the presiding bishop, Dagiwood Mills. And you see, there's a reason why your workplaces You know, they have something called the mission of the company or the vision of the company. And they spend time and money to teach you those things. When you are first hired in any company, they call you for about two days or three days in some instances to teach you these things, to teach you the vision. And the mission, you don't do any work. Maybe you are hired to do some heavy construction work. You are hired to dig things. You are hired to type letters. You are hired to work on computers. But they bring you all together, all of you, different people doing different things. They bring you together on a particular day, two days, three days. And they teach you the vision of the company and the mission of the company. And they pay you even for just sitting down, not doing anything, just listening. And sometimes you think they, they don't know what they're doing with their money. How many of you have felt like that before? You see, they say they will pay you for a full day as you are going to sit there to just listen to them. Because they want you to catch the spirit of the company. It is very important to them that no matter what you are doing, you catch the spirit of the company. And if you catch it, it makes it very easy for them to work with you. If you catch the spirit of the company, which in the, uh, in the circular world, it is the vision or, of the company or the mission of the company, it is so easy for them to relate with you. And anyone who goes for such orientation and listens very carefully and you take it to heart, and you adhere to the mission, and your goal there is to accomplish that vision and accomplish that mission, you are automatically singled out immediately. And then you see them promoting you. Because they know that you will carry the vision higher. And you will carry the mission higher. Amen. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Wonderful. I feel like I am shouting a little bit more, if you can help me out. I will um, love it. Amen. Amen. And um, the third one. Did we share the third one? We, share the one? we didn't share the second one. We didn't talk about the second one. Having the same spirit. Forgive. Amen. We didn't talk about the second one. What did we do? <laughs> wow. Amazing. Amazing. Well, workers who have the same spirit as the leader, and I'm going on as though I have shared with you already. Well, it's powerful. So why don't we read the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18. It says, I desired Titus, and with him, I sent Titus, make a gain of you. Walk we not in the same spirit, walk we not in the same steps. Hallelujah! He says, I desired Titus, I desired Titus. That means I chose Titus, and with him, I sent a brother. I sent Titus, and he's giving you a reason why he chose Titus. He says, did Titus make a gain of you? How many of you agree with me that Paul was not someone who sought to make a gain of the gospel? He did not seek to make a gain of the church. Amen. So he said, I sent Titus. And the reason is that he did not make a gain of you. He had the same spirit as me. He says, walk we not in the same spirit. Walk we not in the same spirit. He says, Walk we not in the same steps. It means when Titus begins to talk to you, you can see Paul in him. Amen. Amen. You can see Paul in him. You know, there are some of you, you see, now the reason why you you will gain that spirit that is upon the leader, if you are working under any leadership, desire that you have the spirit of the leader. Now, the spirit of the leader is going to come upon you when you serve under him. Is there a problem? Hallelujah. When you continue to serve under him, when you continue to hear him, when you continue to hear and hear and hear him, you see that you know the heart of the leader. Amen. Amen. You see, the reason why a lot of us are not able to serve God faithfully is because we don't know his plans for us. We don't understand him. We don't know his ways. And so when we are walking with him and we see it is not going our way, we tend to slide back. And we tend to see our prayers going down now. But as you follow God, as you study his word, as you search him, that is why he says that you can only find him if you search him with diligence. Because, you see, when you search him with diligence, you come to know him and understand his ways. Amen. 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 You come to find that everything that is going wrong, everything that in your eyes is going wrong is working together for your good. You will only know that when you know the word of God. You will only know that when you understand that God has said that all things work together for your good. You will only accept that when you know that God says, give thanks in all things. He said, in everything, you give me thanks because it is going to work together for your good. Amen. 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 And sometimes out of his mercy, out of his mercy for us, you see last night I was sharing with someone and I said, God wants to see a little bit of faith in us. That is all he looks for. He looks for a little bit of faith because he says in his word, you see that is what you need to understand him. You need to know him by hearing him, by studying his word. And his word says that, he says, without that thing called faith, it is impossible to please him. It means you can't get anything from him if you don't have faith. You can't get anything from God if you don't have faith. And if you have faith, He says, even the size of a mustard seed, as small as the mustard seed, if you have that much faith, if you have that faith, He will make even mountains in your life be removed. Amen. 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 He will cause mountains in your life to be removed. And so sometimes He brings you, He brings you to a place. He brings you to a place where situation is very difficult. He brings you to a place where, you see, a lot of times we don't believe in God or we don't rely on God because we have other means. Do you remember how you used to pray for even the food that you eat? Do you remember how you used to pray when the food is set before you? You don't pray like that anymore. Because you know, you are guaranteed that the food will come but you see sometimes when we have all these things we lose faith in God but there is so much he wants to do for us so he will bring us to a place he will bring us to a place a place of difficulty a place of challenge a place of impossibility with men, a place where you can see that men can't do anything about it doctors cannot do anything about it he brings you to a place and you feel that God has abandoned you but he says that I am bringing you there I am bringing you to that place so that you can have that little faith in me. I want to do so much in you, but when I'm able to bring you to a place of hopelessness before man, you will have some faith and you will come before me and with that, I can remove that mountain that is in front of you. Amen. So he said, once you know the mind of God, you can walk with God. Once you understand his word, you can walk with him. Then you can see that, oh, this thing, this job that I lost, it is working together for my good. Because you believe in the God that you serve. You say this marriage that I lost, it is working together for my good. Because you believe in the God you serve. And you believe in his word. And you understand his ways now. Amen. Amen. That is why he said of Moses, he said, As for my servant Moses, he's faithful in all of my house. In everything that is happening, he's faithful. You see, the people of Israel, they understood the acts of God, but they didn't understand his ways. They didn't know what he was doing. And so when they cannot see food, they lose hope in him. But he says, As for my servant Moses, he's not like any one of you. He's faithful. Anything that is happening, he's still faithful. He still stays. And he has faith in me. Faithful. He has faith in me. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? So when you catch the spirit that is upon the leader, it is easy to walk with him. It is easy to do what he's requiring. It is easy when he says we are doing feeding 527. You understand why? And you will not rise up and say, Why we why did we come to church and we are reading a book? Amen. amen. Can I have an amen? amen? You are sounding like the the weather has caught up with you. Amen. amen. Now you realize that for the Spirit of God. It is usually, you know, the vision of God is given to one person. God can give the vision to one person. God can call one person and anoint him with a particular gift to edify his church. Do you understand? If you read um, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, Wherefore he said, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11, verse 11, he says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors. And some teachers these are gifts that he gave some he didn't give to all of them he gave some different gifts apostles prophets evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for what he says for the perfecting of the saints for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. So if God has given a gift to a man to edify you. And this gift is what is upon him. A gift of teaching. A gift of prophecy is what is upon him. You want a desire to have that gift. If you want to thrive and work in that ministry. And if you seek for that. If you seek for that. You see the wonders of God. Coming upon you. If your heart goes after that. But you see, a lot of times, God has given you a man of God and there's a particular gift that is upon him. And you are under the man of God. But now you have turned into another ministry. You you have turned yourself into something else completely different even from the gift that is upon the man. And your heart is not even in that. What is upon the man of God. So you, you let people, church members call you and then they call you home. Or they meet in your home and you are prophesying over them. Meanwhile, God has given the man of God the gift of healing. Do you see? And so you see that you will never grow. It says if you want to do the work of the ministry, it says, give me the verse 12 again, it says, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? Your leader is anointed to do something, desire. Know the spirit that is upon the leader. Search for the spirit that is upon the leader and you will grow in the ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why God placed God his spirit upon Moses. Turn to um, Numbers chapter 11, verse 16. Numbers chapter 11, verse 16. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be elders of the people, and officers over them. And bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. Do you see? And then he says, and I will come down and talk with thee there. Now, God has filled Moses with his spirit. When God was sending Moses, he says, if, you don't, if your spirit will not go with me, do not send me. Now Moses realized that when he came to a place, the work was challenging for him. And so God called the elders of the church. He says, gather them. And he says, I will come down and talk with thee there. I will talk with thee there. You see, I am telling you something and I want you to pay attention. There are some of you, sometimes when the pastor selects certain elders... When the pastor chooses certain elders, you have no respect and honor for them. You're bringing a curse upon your life. Yes. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You're bringing a curse. Sometimes it's by their age you are looking at them. They are young and. They, you see, the service of God, we don't go by age. We don't go by, I have been here longer. Amen. We don't go by, I was first. Richard. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So he says, And I will speak with thee there. He told Moses to gather the elders. Moses chose the elders. God did not tell him. Which elders to choose. Amen. Amen. He says. And I will take of the spirit. Which is upon thee. And will put it upon them. So. This man of God. Has chosen these elders. And he has placed them. And God is coming to put the same spirit. He says, that spirit which is upon thee, I will take that spirit and I will place it upon them. And you have no honor. You say, I respect Moses, but I don't respect this person. You are I respect Moses, but I don't respect this person. Meanwhile, God has taken that same spirit. And so you are dishonoring the spirit of God. You are dishonoring the spirit of God. You are dishonoring the choice of God. It is God. You see, a man of God goes down on his knees and he prays. And he says, Lord, give me leaders who will help me. Give me soldiers who will surround me. Give me people who will guide me, who will lead me, who will help me. And God gives him people and God takes the spirit that is upon him and places upon these people. And you have no honor for such people. You have no honor for such people. Because you are here longer. Because you are older. Am I preaching to somebody this afternoon? Say I am delivered from today. Say I did not know. I did not know. I Say I have been disrespectful for my foolishness. My ignorance. Amen. He says and I will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee that thou bear it not thyself alone. Hallelujah. That you do not bear it all by yourself when I place my spirit upon you. Amen. Amen. He said there are people who work in the ministry but have different spirit from their leader. They have different spirit from their leader. You see their behavior, their acts, everything they are doing, completely different from the leader. It is a blessing to find people who work with you with the same spirit. Now you gain the same spirit of the leader when you continue to hear and hear and hear the leader. You know, there are some of you, I see the things that you are doing and I can tell that you have been listening to the leader's messages. That is the difference. Some of you, you are into certain things. Now You are going, now we are doing this. We are about this. It's because you have been listening to the leader that God has given us. Yes, and that is why. That is why you have changed. You have called the spirit that is upon the leader. Amen. Amen. He says, Paul was not in the ministry. Why? That is why you have changed. You have called the spirit that is upon the leader. Amen. Amen. He says, Paul was not in the ministry for financial gain. And he found Titus. Someone with the same spirit. You do not need to stay long in the ministry to find out that people work in the ministry for different reasons. What a blessing it is to find someone who will work with you in the ministry with the same spirit. It is a blessing to every leader when you find people who have the same spirit working with you. Hallelujah. Amen. I say it is a blessing. It's a blessing. Amen. Amen. So any, any place, any company that you go to, for instance, no matter how much experience you have, no matter how many years you have worked, no matter how how good you were at your previous job they will still bring you to that orientation to teach you the vision of the company and the mission of the company you say this thing is be for me i can do it easily i can close my eyes and do it you will still have to come for the orientation no matter how much experience you have so it does not come by your experience your age you need to catch the spirit of the ministry you need to catch the spirit that is upon the ministry Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I think we can do another one before. Today we are closing on time. Don't worry. Number three. Workers who work for you because they owe their whole life to you. Workers who work for you because they owe their whole life to you. We are behind. So we're going to do. You know some few points, and then we go home. Is that okay? Wonderful. Workers who work for you because they owe their whole life for you. Amen. Amen. It says Philemon, um, one and verse nineteen. It says, "I Paul have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee." how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides that's King James do you understand it it's powerful powerful. amen don't worry we'll explain that so he said there are people who work in the ministry out of a sense of gratitude and indebtedness to God out of a sense of gratitude and indebtedness to God they work in the ministry they see what God has done for them. Amen. Such people are often grateful for their salvation and feel that they owe their lives to you. Such people feel that it is because of you that they have, they have been saved. Now when you understand salvation, you owe your life to someone who led you to salvation. Amen. You were a Syrian ready to perish and then you encounter this person who led you to Christ. Amen. Amen. He says, If people really understand what their salvation was, they will spend the rest of their days in full-time service to God. 70 years of working for God will not be able to pay for the blessings of salvation. Amen. Amen. Some of you, you owe your lives to your parents. The things that your parents have gone through to bring you where they are. The type of work that they have done. The sacrifices that they have made. And you have come to a place you don't even remember them. Yes. When they call you and they say they need money to even eat, you are angry. Amen. Amen. Let's read Philemon again. Let's read the whole book. I, the, I, 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 I love that book. Listen to this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, this letter is from Paul. A prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus. And from our brother Timothy. I am writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker, and to our sister Ephia. You do know Sister Ephia? Who is Sister Ephia? Is there Ephia here? Sister Ephia, we are talking about you. But do you know where Paul was writing this letter from? Do you know where Paul was writing this letter from? Paul was in prison. But he says, I am writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker, and to our sister, Ephia, and to our fellow soldier, Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May a church meet in your house. May you have a house where a church can meet. He says, may God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. May that be said of you, that when your pastor is praying for you, just praying for you concerning that interview, just praying for you concerning that job, just praying for you concerning that pregnancy, just praying for you concerning... That, that, that investment, just praying for you for concerning anything, he will just begin to thank God. Amen. Because of your faithfulness and your love for the whole church. Yes. Amen. He says, and I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why, look at this. You see, he says, that is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. You know, there are some people that you can ask boldly in the church to do certain things for you without worry. You can ask them boldly, I want you to do this. He says, that is why I'm asking boldly a favor of you. Amen. Amen. Do you get it? He says, that is why I am asking boldly for this favor. I could demand it in the name of Christ Jesus because it is the right thing for you to do. He says, I could demand it. You know, there are some people you have gone out of your way to do certain things and you can demand certain things from them you feel that they owe their very life to you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? This is what Paul is saying. He said, "I I could just demand it in the name of Christ. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask. Sometimes we ask. Because of our love. Amen. Now he says, consider this as a request from me. Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. Do you see? Now Paul is making a plea. Or requesting a special thing for one of his children. He says I am I, I'm, I'm making this a request. He says consider this a request from me. Paul an old man. And now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. So do you realize Onesimus was also in prison? Okay. He says Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past. You see, Onesimus was a slave and he was a slave to Philemon. And he may have stolen something from Philemon. You know, he may have done some wicked thing and finally won't put him in jail. But you see, all things were working together for his good. In prison, he met Paul and he has converted. And now he's coming out of prison and Paul is trying to make way for him to survive in the prison, I mean outside of the prison. So he says, says, consider this a request. I'm making this personal request. He says, Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past. But now, he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you. And with all, and with him comes my own heart. Look at that. This is how you have to make requests for certain people. He said, with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news and he would have helped me on your behalf. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. Because he, it was his prisoner. Yes, I wanted you to help because you, are, you were willing. Not because you were false. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. Amen. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave. For his beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the law. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. Wow! He says, if he has done anything, if he stole anything from you, you charge it to me. Now listen to this. Paul said, I, Paul, wrote this with my own hand. Wow. I will repay it. I'm making a promise. And I won't mention. This is the part that I want you to pay attention. He says. And I won't mention. That you owe me your very soul. Wow. 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 He says. This Onesimo that I'm sending to you. Do everything you can for him. I Paul, I am asking that. And I can ask that boldly. Because I know what I've done for you. He says, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to mention that you yourself, you yourself, that I am asking for this favor from you owe your very life to me. You see, so there are some people, they owe their very life to you, and so they will work for you. They will do anything for you. Amen. Amen. They will do anything for you. He said, yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. And then one more thing. He's not done. He said, one more thing. Please prepare a guest room for me because me too. I'm looking forward to coming. Amen. Amen. Some of you, you feel like, oh, the pastor has done so much for me. Oh, pastor, I have prepared a guest room for you. Come, come, come. I have prepared a guest room for you. Do you see? So Onesimus, uh, Philemon will save a room specially prepared for Paul because he feels he owes his very life to Paul. If he wasn't Paul, he would not have been saved. Amen. Amen. I feel indebtedness. I have indebtedness to Lighthouse Chapel International. Wow. I feel that if it wasn't for Lighthouse Chapel International, I will not be called Reverend Brighton Croman. Yeah. Amen. 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 I will not. And say and so I I I I I have such indebtedness to Bishop Dagwood e. Mills. It is because of his response to the call that I am standing before you also sharing the gospel with you. Amen. Amen. Some of you you have to have that attitude at your workplace. There are some bosses, if it wasn't that they accommodated you, they made there was a time that I worked with a boss. He, and when I was going to school, he made way for me, he gave me a schedule, and then he promoted me to be a boss such that I will have comfort just in my office and studying and just supervising people. You see, and for such a person, you owe your life to him. That if it wasn't for him, you couldn't have done what you wanted to do at that time. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Let me give you one more point and then we'll go home. Do you want one more point? You sure? You can handle one more point. Okay. Workers who are prone to abandoning you. Workers who are prone who are prone to abandoning you, it means that no matter what you do, they are going to abandon you. They are prone to abandoning you. Second Timothy 4 and verse 10. It says, For demons had forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. It says, every ministry has a Demas. Now who is a Demas? Demas is the minister or employee who abandons ship in the midst of the journey. Paul said Demas had forsaken me having loved this present world. Demas had forsaken me. Do not become a Demas in your church. I said do not become a Demas in your church. May the Lord deliver you from a Demas spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There is a feeling of peace as you work with permanent family members. People who feel they are permanent in the church. When you have people like that, you have a sense of peace. You have certain peace. When you know that as you are coming to church, this person will be there to do this. This person, you have some peace. Amen. Amen. You are stuck in traffic and you are not worried. Because you know by all means, this person will be there. But there are some people, they will forsake you. They will say forsake you when the weather is warm. Yeah. They will forsake you when there is rain. Ah. Amen. Amen. There is always a sense of feeling, a, a, a feeling of peace when you have permanent people. People who are not prone to live with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, do you understand why sometimes we have to prune trees? You know, when you plant a tree... You have to prune it. Do you understand? You see, because I'm sharing with you that every ministry will have some demons. Every ministry, every pastor will encounter some demons in their church. Now, the reason why we have trees, we plant trees and we prune them, is to bring growth. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is to bring growth. Hallelujah. Now, when we prune trees, what are the branches that we prune? the dead ones, the ones which do not bring forth fruits, the branches that do not bear fruit, that is the one that we prune, because such branches, they grow and then they overshadow the little ones which are coming up. I want you to listen to this very carefully. There are such branches, they grow and then they overshadow the other small branches which are fresh, energized, and they're ready to move on. So you see, these branches outgrow them. And you see, they take all the sun. They take all the carbon dioxide. And so these small, small branches that are there, they cannot bear fruits. They have such energy, but they cannot receive to bear fruit because they are overshadowed by these old branches that are not bearing fruit. And these are the branches that are pruned. God will prune such branches. God will remove these branches. And when you see God removing these branches, suddenly you see that there's fresh anointing in the church. Suddenly you see that there is growth. Suddenly you see that people are rising up and people are doing things. God will prune the branches. Amen. That is the reason why we prune these branches. Hallelujah. Amen. So you cut off these branches which are not bearing fruit. They are there overshadowing everyone who can bring forth fruit. Meanwhile, they are not bearing any fruit. And so you see, God will prune such branches. Hallelujah. Amen. That is how God also brings growth in His church. God brings growth in his church by pruning the branches. And so when these branches are cut off, you see, we, we don't understand. Yes. When these branches are cut off, we don't understand. But if you see, you see, when the branches are cut off, you see, the little ones now, they are getting light. The little ones now, they are doing things. Whereas before, they can sing, they are, everyone is quiet, you're afraid to do something. You are But as suddenly, you see that people are free to do things. Because the branches have been pruned understand the scriptures. Look at the scripture in John chapter 15 verse 1. John chapter 15 verse 1. It says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so they will produce even more. He prunes the branches. He prunes the branches. And so, you see, we in our our short vision, when we don't understand things, when God prunes such branches... And God cuts off such branches. You see, we feel sad. And then we, you see, as a pastor, when I didn't understand these things, I used to lament. And I said, what did I do? What did I do, Lord? And I go, and then what did I do? And then the Lord revealed to me, he says, this is how I bring growth on the trees. This is how I bring growth. I prune the branches that do not bear fruit so that the branches that can bring forth fruit, the ones which are young and with energy, the ones which have just come, the ones which are ready to grow, the ones which are ready to do the work, the ones which are ready to move forward, I will bring light upon them and I will give them the carbon monoxide and the oxygen and the the light so that they can bring forth fruit. Amen. But often we don't understand. You see, I believe that when Jesus was sitting on the table with his disciples and he said, one of you will betray me, and he was waiting, and this one said, is that you? Is that you? Is that you? Is that you? It's not a very comfortable meeting to have. You know. You don't know. And then finally, it was Judas. And then he says, the thing that you do, do quickly and get out. So when he was pruned out, you see, the disciples were very sad. They said, oh, us. He has been with us. He's been here for a long time. We are are going with him and coming with him all these years. Why? Oh, and you see, they were very sad, but they didn't understand. They did not understand. And sometimes we are sad when the Lord prunes such branches. And we lament. And then sometimes some of us, we continue to follow these dead branches and looking for these dead branches so you also be dead. God is giving you light to grow, but you want to go under this branch again and stay there. You will never have light. Am I preaching to someone? You will never have light. You go every time. There are certain people, every time you encounter negative things, you come and you know, you know, if you be honest with yourself, that certain people, whenever you encounter them, your heart towards the church changes. It is a dark branch. You will never have light. Am I preaching to someone? You will never have light. You go every time, there are certain people, every time you encounter negative things, you come and you know, you know, if you be honest. You, it is a dark branch, branch without growth, branch without light, that you are attaching yourself to. Stop. God is trying to release you. God is trying to separate you from this branch but you keep chasing and going after this branch. You will never have light. God is looking to do great things in your life. God is looking to bring light in your life and he has pulled certain things from your life but you keep chasing after it. Chasing after you will never grow. You will never go forward. I'm telling you you know, we have been buddies for a long time. It is not now that the church is going to separate us. Continue to follow Judas. You will, Judas will die and you will die with him. I'm telling you. Judas will die and you will die with him. When the Lord brings a new light, look at the light and see the blessings of God. When the Lord shines a light, see the light, the light may not look good. And God is pruning certain branches. And you keep chasing after Judas, chasing after Judas, chasing after Judas, you will die with Judas. You will die with Judas. You will die with Judas. May you be delivered. May you be delivered. May you be delivered. delivered. Let's read one more scripture and then we can go home. First John chapter 2 and verse 19. Give me the new living translation. This is our last scripture, and then we can go home. First John chapter two, and verse nineteen. I want you to look, listen to this very carefully. He says, "These people, listen very carefully. Are you reading with me?" Yes. Let us read together. One, two, three. Go. These people left our churches, but they never really belong with us. Pause. We are reading the Bible. Do you understand the word of God? One, two, three. Let's read again. These people left our churches. But they never really belong with us. Never. They They never belong with us. They never belong with us. They never belong with us. I'm sharing something very important with you. He says they never belong with us. These people left our churches, but they never really. Be- These people left our churches, but they never really, really belong with us. They look like they belong with us, but really, they never belong with us. They never belong with us. never belong with us. He says, otherwise, if they really, that means if they really belong with us, he said, otherwise they would have stayed with us. God, it means God would have kept them with us. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It means God would have kept, I'm reading the scripture, don't blame me, don't, don't, don't. Please, 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 please. Please, 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 please. If that is not in your Bible, just tell me, let me close it and let... Let's let's end the best. Let's, let's end there and then let us go. Because you don't you don't sound like you like what I'm sharing with you. You don't you don't sound like you like what I'm sharing with you. But I, I am delivering some of you from some satanic curses. I say I am delivering some of you and separate. You. So he says, be he separate from amongst them. He says, come on from, be separate. Separate from among them. And I said, he says, you will be my children and I will be your father. I will be your God. He says, these people left our churches, but they never really belong with us. they never really belong with us. Otherwise, otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. May the Lord continue to prune his church. If, listen, if your mind is not with us, you don't belong with us. And God will prune you. That is the scripture. God will prune you. And when God prunes you, you will see there is growth. When God pulls his branches, he will see that there will be growth. Put your hands together for the Lord. Our time is over. Our time is over. Stand Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And... There are some of you, there are, you see, the Bible says there are, as it may be, many different kinds of voices, but none of them is without signification. There are certain voices that are satanic voices. There are certain voices that are just to bring you curses. It is the device of the enemy. It is the device of the enemy. There are certain people that avail themselves for the enemy to use to bring you down. God is looking to do great things in your life. God is looking to bring you up. God is looking to set you on high. Understand. Understand. Yes. Understand. Understand. Let the will of God be done. Let the will of God be done in your life. Allow God to have his way. Allow God to have his way. Stop chasing after Judas. Stop chasing after Judas. You he says, that shall be, that the scripture be fulfilled. He says, of all I that you have given me, I have lost none except the son of perdition. That May the scripture will be fulfilled. Lord, that the scripture will be fulfilled. I will be lord, lord. Go! Oh. Attachment to certain friends, you but God are is calling Lord. you. He is calling you to separate you, swear. to detach you I from will certain friendships. Let alone leave you. Need me, Lord, and I will go. Father, we are thankful and grateful for your word this afternoon. We thank you, Spirit of God, for leading us into this revelation and to this teaching. We are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Let us not live here the same, Lord. But may we go and become not like the man who behold his eyes, behold his own face in a mirror, and walk away, not even remembering who he looks like. But may we be the ones who hear your word and become doers of your word. Lord, we are thankful for your word today. In Jesus' name. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again, you have not given your life to Jesus. If you are here, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. Or you were once born again, but you feel that you are very far from Christ. You are living in a lifestyle that you feel you are very far from Christ. He says today, today, if you will hear, if you will hear, if only you will hear, and you want to receive him. You want to believe in the salvation of Jesus Christ. You want to believe in the purification by the blood of Jesus. If that is you, you can invite Jesus Christ into your life. By the foolishness of the preaching of the word, you will be transformed. If only you will have faith to believe. With all eyes closed and every head bow, lift up your hand. If that is you, you want to give your life to Jesus You want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Lift up your hand, your right hand, and wherever you are, I will pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone, you want to give your life to Jesus? The Lord is talking to you. Lift up your hand. If you are hearing the voice of God, he says, today is an opportunity for you to come to Christ. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Maybe somebody invited you to church. Maybe you were born again before, but today you want to rededicate your life back to Jesus. You say, "I want Christ in my life." If that is you, lift up your hand, and I'll pray with you. Why don't you all join me and say this after me? Say, "Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me." Thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. But because of the blood of Jesus. But because of the blood of Jesus. I come before you. I come before you. Let your blood you. cleanse me. Let your blood, let your blood purify me. Let your blood purify this me. Purify this, me. Afternoon. this afternoon. I welcome, you into my life. I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my, master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Be my savior. Lord, Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please write my name. Please write my name in the land book of life. Book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For Jesus. saving me. For saving me in Jesus' name. In Amen. Amen. Wonderful. If you said this prayer, we hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at l-c-i dot b-r-o-n-x at gmail dot com